Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Milwaukee Sports Performance Podcast, where we talk about all things related to athletic performance, rehabilitation, and wellness. My name is Dr. Lauren Falk, and I'll be hosting today's episode. Today I'm joined by Amy Fries. Amy is the head trainer at Orange Theory Delafield, and we are going to dive into things about what you can expect inside an Orange Theory training session, the philosophies behind their training approach, what it's like to be a newcomer to that atmosphere, and how they modulate all their exercises for beginner, intermediate, and advanced participants, as well as a lot of other fun things as we get to know Amy as a person and as a coach. Um, If you are a person who is seeking out fitness support or would like to change up your workout or just learning a little bit more about how you can manipulate your own workouts, you're going to get a lot out of this episode. Welcome to another episode of the Milwaukee Sports Performance Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Falk, and I am joined today by Amy Fries. Amy is the head coach at Orange Theory Delafield, and she'll be sharing some insight to life in the personal fitness world. Amy, thank you so much for joining us today on our podcast. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. (laughs) You're welcome. So I met Amy a little over a month ago as I started to do some Orange Theory workouts. Some of you could probably relate. I'm a mom of a busy toddler, I own and operate a business, I'm a physical therapist, I'm a wife, I try to keep my house in one piece, (laughs) emphasis on try, Um, and like most moms, the first thing that goes is your workout, you know, when you're pressed for time, that's the easiest thing to kind of delete out of there and focus on everything else, so even though I have plenty of ability to program for myself and plenty of know-how, it was just hard to prioritize myself and you know, even just not get interrupted while I was doing a workout at home. I feel like everybody needs something when you're busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I figured I just need to get to a place where all of those things were not an issue, where I didn't need to think about it. I just had to literally walk in and just do the workout, you know, and then enter Amy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even when you're having a bad day, she has the talent to help you forget about that, have fun, and also just remember to take care of yourself. So no pressure, Amy. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Okay, so to start off, how did you get into fitness coaching? Tell us. Oh my gosh. So I got into fitness coaching, uh, and when I was in college, I started taking step aerobics classes. Okay. And then when I graduated and started working in corporate America, I realized that I needed to work out. So I worked out at the YMCA. Mm -hmm. No, actually, I think it was a gym in the Twin Cities Lifetime Fitness. Mm -hmm. And then realized that I really liked it. Mm. So moved to Milwaukee, started teaching step aerobics classes at the YMCA. Had a friend that worked at a local gym and said, hey, come teach over here. And so I did. And so then I just started teaching, again, more step aerobics and all different types of strength training classes. Um, I even got into water aerobics. That was very interesting. But um, (laughs) but I realized that I liked it and that I was really good with people. Mm -hmm. And it was something that brought me a lot of joy. So then it just kept building and building from there. And here I am. Absolutely. So then how long have you been at Orange Theory and what drew you to being coach there? Oh boy. So I was training for my second Ironman. Okay. And I met somebody while we were swimming at a gym and she's like, come with me to Orange Theory Fitness. And I was like, fine. And then she forgot to mention it was five o'clock in the morning. I was like, oh hell no. But I did it anyway. And so I fell in love with it that first workout. So I had At that time, not only was I training for an Ironman, but I had my own business, my own fitness and nutrition business. So I appreciated it. 
and I knew that I wanted to join. So I joined and I was a member um, at the Brookfield location for about a year. And I found myself coaching and like cheering people on beside me. I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> How do I become a coach? And I so you can pay me to do this. Yeah, right. So and I just really loved the workouts. I loved. I looked forward to much like you. You said, you know, like there's people that tell me what to do. I really liked the people. I was in and out. I was done. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I want to be a part of this. And mm-hmm. so then that was. A little over five years ago. So then I became the head coach and a trainer up in the Mequon when they very first opened. And then from there, decided not to be the head coach there anymore and did some different focusing, but I was still always a coach. So to answer your question, I've been with Orange Theory for about, as a coach for a little over five and a half years. Cool. And so how long have you been head coach at Delafield now? Since February, my first day officially is February the 1st. Oh, that's my birthday. (gasps) Happy birthday! <laughs> I had the COVID on that day. It was so oh, exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Celebration. I know. I was like, so thanks for the job, but I'm going to stay home for 10 days. Oh, uh, yeah. We're going to look back on this podcast and really laugh about oh, that yeah. a handful of years from now. Oh, we are now, but even more so then. Um, so it sounds like you've had a vast background in all these different types of fitness, you know, different ways to provide fitness for others. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really cool. And I'm sure that actually probably gives you a little bit of perspective on all the things that you do now, even, you know, so for our listeners, give us a little bit of a rundown of an orange theory workout. Like what can they expect? You know? Yeah. So that's a great question. So part of our script, whenever we coach, we, we say, we say this for instance, Orange Theory Fitness is a five zone heart rate based interval training program. Mm -hmm. We focus on zones three, four, and five challenge or pardon me base pace push and all out so what it is 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 heart-based technology technology oh boy i should know this technology-based science backed so knowing what we have that that can really get you going so for instance you come in uh depending upon it's a two group or four group or two group or three group oh my gosh the end of the how day. long no have I been a coach? <laughs> i've been up since five in the morning but what, what you people can expect is to come into a setting where we will support you, set you up with a heart rate monitor, give you a demo of everything that's going to happen. You know, this is how you put your feet in the row, or this is how you row correctly. This mm-hmm. is the count. These are the buttons that you push on the treadmill. The incline is on the left. The speed is on the right. Mm-hmm. You know, here's power walking, jogging, running on the floor. Here are the dumbbells, BOSUs, whatever else that we're going to use. Um, here's the video that we play so that if you forget what I said after I do the demo, here it is. And so, you know, one thing that I really love about Orange Theory is I feel like as not only as the head coach, but all of our coaches take our jobs very seriously, but not too seriously in that we really care about the people. So yeah. we're all certified personal trainers. We have to go through, get our certification and then go through the stringent, not one of the most stringent training for Orange Theory Fitness I have ever been through was that week that we have to go through. So we talk about looking at the orange eye. So I'm first going to look to make sure that you're doing it's that you're being safe, yep, right? That's one. yeah. Mm-hmm. Step one, you got to make sure you're safe. Um, and then is there anything like that I could help you do a little bit better? You know, I always, I've learned through my many, many decades of coaching to approach people and say, may I coach you? I'm not going mm-hmm. to walk up to someone and assume that they're doing it wrong because they might have an injury or they might not have an awareness of how their body moves. So, you know, we're really careful about not not only saying or really mindful to say like, here's the equipment we have, but here's how to use it Mm -hmm. and to tap into like 
how it feels, um, both like from an emotional sort of like, oh, can I do this? Can I not? Versus or and a physical like that self-perceived exertion level. Absolutely. You know, I think, um, you know, sometimes, especially for a newcomer, they could say, okay, you have all these things that I'm going to be doing. You know, what, what if I've never done anything like this before? How do you guys build that around, you know, the novice, the middle level person and the elite level person when they're all maybe in the same room together at the same time? How do you guys as coaches facilitate that? Yeah. So that is a great question. And that I think is one of my most fun things. Like in some ways I love working with an experienced athlete because I can say, do this and do this. And they know like they'll just go for it. But then I also really enjoy working with people that are completely new and have no idea or minimal idea of what to do because I feel like there's so much ground to cover and there's so much opportunity for them to get better at it. So one thing that we really do is, so we're mic'd up in the room and we'll always demo the exercises and give options. So yeah. if we're doing, so today, for instance, we had a deadlift into a low row. So we'll say things like, you know, heavy in the heels, hinge from the hips, you know, squeeze your abs in and this is how you do it. However, if you have any back issues, don't hinge or just do this or just do that. So we try our best during that demo and during our explanation to cover as many bases as possible. Mm -hmm. But then getting back again to say like we we use what we call the orange eye and we'll scan the room. Like yeah. literally pause for three seconds and watch that person. Okay, they look good. You know, and it's not only looking about their posture, but it's looking at their face and are they are they pausing and looking at the video or are they kind of confused mm -hmm. and jumping the rails, which we don't do in Orange Theory, you know? So it's figuring out, you know, what to do and also coming up to someone and saying, you know, like, how are you? Like, how's yeah. it going today? Because we know our members well enough to say, okay, well, we know if they're jogging, running or power walking or using the bike or the bus strider. So it's saying, well, you know, how are you feeling today mm -hmm. or how are you doing? And, you know, and, and we really get to know our members well. So like I just had someone new in class today and whenever we have a new member there, it's checking in with them. Mm -hmm. Like as a coach, we are required to check in with them 10 times, which wow. is a lot. Yeah. Which it, is it, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I have to say I'm pretty impressed with all of the coaches abilities that I've seen thus far. I swear to God, it's like, you guys have to be like a cat with a laser pointer of like looking everywhere and doing everything and, or almost like an auctioneer where you're like, okay, you're doing this and I'm doing this and <laughs> this group is doing this. I mean, it's truly impressive to like watch how you guys direct traffic because at times you have two or three groups doing different things and mm -hmm. to make sure that they can understand and hear you. Or like there's times I watch you like quick turn off your mic and you're talking to someone like, how in the world do you develop those skill sets <laughs> as a coach? I feel like your first few days as a coach had to have been like a whirlwind of, oh my God, how do I say all these things? Oh, well, first of all, thank you. I'll accept that compliment. <laughs> it's impressive. It's it, impressive. It is. It's exhilarating and exhausting at the same time. But I will tell you, it does take, I don't think that I became a really good coach until after probably about two or three years. Yeah. Because you, it takes that long to know first of all what you're coaching and how yeah. to coach it but then to feel comfortable enough to be to let your personality go and you know I think one of the big pivotal things for me as a coach was realizing that I can't get it all right I'm not gonna get it all right I might as well just fess up to that and say like well listen I apologize y'all just had that held that push for a minute and a half it was only supposed to be a minute I'm so sorry <laughs> you know but hey you know then you got like a better heart rate response or something like that but it is 
you know, you we take it in pieces. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, again, it's that first thing, like looking at the room, is everyone safe? And, yeah. you know, as new coaches develop their skills, we only want them to teach certain kinds of classes. So not okay. really big classes okay. or, you know, like they'll do two groups of people, you know, in COVID days now, that's, yeah. it, you know, maximum 14 people, right? right. Yeah. Um, but it's making sure that everyone has a real strong base and then taking practicing right i mean it's like when you learn your profession you're not yeah you go through that like novice entry Mm -hmm. level kind of version versus jumping in head first yeah and i think that's really good for people to understand too when they're entering a coaching situation like that where like you realize that your coaches have kind of like earned their way to where they are is what it sounds like Mm -hmm. you know and that's really good to know because especially in classes like this when a lot is really happening and you're kind of moving from one thing to the next to know that you have someone that's really put in that intensive time to be a, a good coach, mm-hmm. I think is another an extra step of like being able to trust that process, you know, because yeah. uh, I, I get that group settings can be as much fun as they can be, but for a newcomer, it can be really intimidating at times, you know, and you, you like I said, I think my first time in there, you're kind of like the cat with the laser primer, like, okay, she said this, now what I got to do, and I got to do this, and I'm looking all over here, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, you know, I think you guys do a really nice job of trying to get someone into that environment and help them feel comfortable. And that's really important because I think what's most important, no matter what workout you do, especially if you're trying to reincorporate exercise into your life, as most adults have probably like fallen off the tracks and realized they got to get back on, you know, um, to feel that you know that you have support in those atmospheres really helps you like take that first step into the door to be like, let's give this a shot. Like I need to do this, Yeah, you know, cause it can be very intimidating. Um, and so I think that, and there's obviously a lot of different ways you can seek out fitness, but you know, I would say like, like I said, it's really easy for me to drive up. I walk in I get my workout in, I'm in and I'm out and I'm gone. And it's like, this is great. Cause in a fast paced life, sometimes that's just really what you need. So, you know, you kind of talked about a little bit about the heart rate zones, mm-hmm. and that really seems to be a big determinant of, like, a successful workout, if you will, in Orange Theory. Can you take us through a little bit of that and, like, why Orange Theory says that's so important or, like, mm-hmm. what it is that we're accomplishing when you're seeing those things happen on the screen? Sure. So when Orange Theory was developed in Florida by oh. Ellen, okay. uh, she had been in fitness for a number of years, and she realized that there were different things that her her clients that were taking her group fitness before Orange Theory became her business was that that it was, you know, what we would now call HIT, right? High intensity mm-hmm. interval training and being able to watch the heart rate zones and how your different activity changed based upon that and how, you know, when you increase your heart rate to a point where your body's in that healthy stress, that you're still able to burn calories metabolize into the future. So we say like mm-hmm. if you spend 12 minutes or more in the orange or red zone, which is the push to, which is uncomfortable and all that, which is very uncomfortable, then you're going to burn calories into the next 24 to 36 hours. So I know when in my class, when when participants have a heart rate monitor on, I can look up to the screen, which, you know, there are numerous screens around the treads and rowers mm-hmm. where the cardio happens that I can see where people are at. So, for instance, like the other day, can I out you right now? Sure. You were tired. I was like, <laughs> I was hey, Lauren, how are you? And you're like, I'm tired. Yep. But I could tell that not only from your demeanor, but because your heart rate was up on the screen and you yeah. were like in the green zone, which is yeah. fine, challenging, but doable. Yeah. But then there's also times, too, where I'll look up on the board and we also have it on the tablets, right? So we have tablets right on the treadmills. Mm-hmm. So both individual and then on the big screen. 
And nobody's looking at your board, by the way. Nobody cares because yeah. everyone's only looking at their own board. Yeah. Just for the record, everyone's <laughs> afraid. Oh, they're looking at me. No, no, no. The coaches. Yeah. But if I see a lot of red, which is you know yeah, very comfortable, yeah. then I'll say I'll ask myself, okay, well, how am I coaching class? What's going on? How's the response? And that that just lets me know. Okay, so I'll say, all right, team. I see a lot of red up on the board. That's cool. Red is fine as long as you're okay. Don't let the color freak you out. Mm-hmm. Red is a beautiful color. But if you feel like you're losing control, you feel a little lightheaded, ease on back. Yeah. Don't let the color, you know, like dictate where you have to be. But then it also could be motivating where we're doing a workout and you're in the green zone. So like, yeah, yeah and you're like right at those low 80s and 84% is where it pushes you up into the orange zone. Mm-hmm. I can say, all right, giddy up, y'all. Now, if you're just, just start, stop flirting. You know, like, why are you just, you know, like dallying around? But it helps me as a coach be able to really individualize things for people, mm-hmm. but then also from a class. Because, you know, when you're in that group setting, even if you like to work out on your own, you can't help but get caught up in that energy. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. you like, you have a, we have a good day. Like, it just, like, I had a class today and I was like, man, everybody was on. And mm-hmm. it was like, I was feeding off them and they were feeding off me and it just kept going. And so then, you know, it was, it was great to do that. But I think that when people are able to use their heart rate monitor, they're able to take that self-preserved exertion rate Mm -hmm. that they feel and then put it with science. You know, and some people have a low resting heart rate or some people have a high resting heart rate. So that's Mm -hmm. a great opportunity to say like, okay, well, but how do you feel? Mm -hmm. Like I sort of love it, Lauren. When the technology doesn't work, because then I say <laughs> like, think about it. We, yeah. yeah, we don't, we don't, can't, we don't have to rely on getting all those flat points. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I say, check into your body. Don't think about the email, let go of dinner. Who cares about the kids? Everyone will be fine. Check into your body. How's mm-hmm. your breathing? How's your heart rate? Where yeah. are your feet going? Where are your arms going? So, you know, it's, it's both of those things, but that heart rate response that really lets us take that science. Yeah and put it into play. Absolutely. One, what I also like is that you guys do place the emphasis on the blue and gray zones too. Mm-hmm. And that benefit of also seeing the heart rate be low. And there's times in class where you're like, okay, your heart rate actually should be down here. Mm-hmm. You know, and we like to see that, you know, from a, from a medical perspective, we like to see, yes, can you get your heart rate up, but also can you get your heart rate down? Because People who can't get their heart rate down, that's usually when their body's under a lot of stress or they need to work on that ability to get their heart rate down because you can't be living at the top all the time. Mm -mm. So I know kind of like as we're warming up or things like that or kind of sometimes in the strength time frames or stuff like that where you're like, you do a nice job of reminding people like you should see it come down during this time. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I think oftentimes with HIIT training, people think it's like, max intensity all the time. I mean, like you said, like our goal is to get 12 slap points. So 12 times throughout an hour workout Mm -hmm. that we're only trying to get up to that for a minute or more, you know, and obviously there are people that get more than that, but it just gives that moment of perspective. I think sometimes people think HIIT training is like maximal intensity for an hour straight. And it's really that these workouts take our heart rate through those curves, if you will. Like we do some things that are in that lower zone. We do some stuff that start to kind of get you in that middle zone. And then we take those opportunities to push ourselves and then come back down again. Exactly. And I think that's a little bit of that finesse of it is, is that we're taking that heart through all those phases versus just pounding away. I don't know if you ever noticed, but the heart rate, the um, 
V, not the V, the VVA is the video screen that we have mm -hmm. on the floor, mm -hmm. but we don't have the heart rate zones on the floor. Have you ever noticed that? Yes, I have. Because <laughs> I've been curious. And sometimes. it's been curious. So there's a reason that we do that. Like we purposefully don't have the televisions that have the heart rate on the strength training side of the floor where we have the weights and the BOSUs and the ab dollies and the stuff, because that is exactly what you said. That's the time we're supposed to be in the gray, the blue, and maybe the green if we're doing some cardiovascular, yeah. like like some burpees. burpees. I don't know, burpees, for instance. But, you know, then we have the heart rate on the... Uh, I'm like, you can't see me, folks, but I'm like pointing to different sides of the room right now with my hands. But um, but it is, I mean, and, and it's really interesting to me because... So I have, I have been a nutrition coach and a yoga teacher and, you know, strength coach and all this stuff. But I love the parallel, and you, you made me think of this, where, you know... We live in a world that is very, the go, 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 mm -hmm. right? And when we were COVID, we paused for a bit. And, you know, when I see my members, like, go crazy nuts all the time, mm -hmm. I know that's how they're living their life. Yeah. You know? Or if mm -hmm. I see people down, like, I kind of get a feel for how, that what's going on in their lives in general. And so I feel like... That gives me an opportunity not only to be a really great coach for them in the studio, yeah. but to offer some offer them some insight and some opportunity to say, like, this is a time for you. Like, mm -hmm. and, you know, we talk in the hallway and we get to know people and we have no shower happy hour. And so, you know, Orange Theory is about the science, but it's also a lot about the community because, yeah. you know, I get to spend one hour with you. Mm-hmm. Two a week if I'm lucky, right? Yeah. But what can I do as your coach to help you not only be an amazing athlete, burn your calories and feel really good and get that endorphin and serotonin going, mm -hmm. but then how can I help you be a better mom, a better physical um, um, physical therapist, a better partner? Like <laughs> She's helping me be a better person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's like I feel like... Um, you know, I really believe that what I'm doing for my living, this is why I'm here. Mm -hmm. Like, without a doubt, people ask me, why do you do I'm like, because this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Absolutely. And I love it. It's, like, perfect. So you talk about, you know, you have background in nutrition and yoga. How are those, how have those things, like, bled into your work at Orange Theory or even, like, as you're interacting with people? Mm -hmm. Tell me about how that marriage has kind of happened oh, in your mind. I love, you know, like... When we have, so our noon class ends at one and then we don't have another class until like either three or four, depending on the day or like an evening class. And so knowing, having not only the background in yoga as a practitioner, but also as a teacher, like, oh, let's do some down dogs or, oh, let's mm -hmm. do some happy babies. Change or, it up a little bit. Yeah. So it gets some stretch there, but it also has helped a lot of, with awareness of breath. Mm. and awareness to be present and the whole like let's get out of our heads and get into our bodies mm -hmm. because our head is going nonstop. so that has helped a lot and you know if you've ever practiced yoga before mm -hmm. it's really hard sometimes mm -hmm. to slow down oh yeah and be with your breath and you know like and even though you might be running on the treadmill I can take the skills of having like teaching a yoga class and pull those into mm -hmm. the studio, especially like on an endurance day, for instance, yeah. when we're doing like a, a conservative three minute push pace, which mm -hmm. is not going to be super fast, but you're still working, right? Yeah. And say like, okay, let's focus on that breath. Let's, let's feel the diaphragm. Mm -hmm. Let's be aware of where we are. And, you know, nutrition, Orange Theory has changed. I've seen great changes um, over the past six years that I've been involved, you know, as a member and as a coach. But it used to be real strict. Don't talk about nutrition unless you are a dietitian. Mm -hmm. Now it's more like eat healthy, get your sleep, get yeah. your rest. And so, you know, we have some latitude within our range, our scope of knowledge to say, okay, 
you know, eat a, a balanced meal, Yeah. you know, before or after. Have, you know, some recommendations could be this or this before your workout or this or this after yeah. your workout. So, you know, we're real careful on what we say. Yeah, but, naturally. I mean, I say eat real food. Yeah, absolutely. And have a good beer every now and again. <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> what did you say? Our six-pack abs are hidden by some of our fun. Is that what you said? Yeah, we all have a six-pack. <laughs> it's just under levels of fun. <laughs> but that's part of it is, you know, I think that, you know, doing those – providing those extra pearls of wisdom, you know, and experience, you know, I mean, like <laughs> all my own self, the other day I did a really early morning workout and I was just too tired and I didn't eat something before I went and I was oh, yeah. just dead in the water. <laughs> so do as I say, not as I do people. <laughs> um, but I mean, you came over and you could just tell, like I was just gas and I already knew the answer to the problem, <laughs> but you know, you're like, Hey, I've got a bar. Do you need this? Like you probably mm-hmm. need some carbohydrates really quick in your system, you know, and just even little bits of that. Like if something's not really going well for someone or, you know, mm-hmm. like you're saying, like, did you have your meal before? Do you have something after? Like, make sure you get your water. And this is a really intense workout, yeah. but like taking in the whole picture of what fitness is versus just those 45 to 60 minutes that they're there, mm-hmm. you know, cause that's, what's going to get more out of the experience for them if they're preparing their body mm-hmm. you know showing up doing the work and then restoring their body exactly yeah because again one hour it's one hour and so what you do outside of that scope has everything to do with it and mm-hmm. i know some people do a lot of like you work out so you can eat or drink what you want but it's also like in my opinion like okay so i love really good beer my husband and i love craft beer and we mm-hmm. will you know, seek it out. But I also understand what that does to my body. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I'm in the studio and I'm doing my workouts or I'm out on a run or a bike ride or doing whatever, you know, knowing that how that's affecting me. So it is taking that knowledge and bringing it into, again, the studio, but it's, you know, having, having a respect and understanding what your body really needs. Mm -hmm. And we all know, eat your vegetables, (laughs) drink your water, but it's helpful even for those simple things just to be reminded. Like you and I were talking before we got started about like, I know these things, Mm -hmm. but yet I still need to be reminded and hearing it from different places really can help. Absolutely. I totally agree. So, I mean, you've been in this quite a while now and I'll bet you've seen some pretty cool success stories Mm -hmm. with people that have come in your doors without necessarily sharing a name. Do you Mm -hmm. have like a story that comes to mind that is kind of like that pillar that sticks with you of like, gosh, some, something that's kind of take, you've taken home with you. I just had one today, as a matter of fact, just today. And like, so I have seen many, many people come into the studio. Oh, so I'll, I'll use, okay. So this, this is my one example. I love her. She's amazing. She has a really cool name. Um, (laughs) (laughs) might be the same as mine. I don't know. (laughs) But, um, so she just celebrated 25 classes. And so what we do at Orange Theory is we, well, we will celebrate with you 5, 10, 25, 50, 100, 250, and 500 and well beyond. So we have members that have done thousands of classes. Wow. Yeah. So this person in particular, she came in very quiet, very shy, mm-hmm. um, problematic knees, problematic joints, um, not real confident. But she was in a place like that she was brave enough and vulnerable to step into the studio and give it a shot. And I've seen her be able to, willing and open to be coached, which is huge. So thank you for all the people that are willing to do that. Um, And then, you know, better her form, grab heavier dumbbells, um, 
she still is power walking, but she was she's been doing some jogging, and mm-hmm. I've been really proud of her. You can just say, yeah, dip your toe in the water. Right? Dip the toe in the water, yeah, check it out, you know. And and I said I was standing, so if you stand on the side of the room, you can see all the treadmills. And I looked at her, and I happened to be on mic when I said it, and I said her name, and I was like, "You are looking modified today, woman," or something. Yeah. I know something respectful. Yeah. And I said, um, then I took went off mic and I went over. I said, "Oh my gosh, what's going on?" And she's yeah. she's like, "I'm only down two pounds, but my pant size has gone down to by two, and wow. her bra size has gone down by two. And she's wow. done 25 classes. Wow. And so I'm gonna guess that's probably about two and a half to three months. Yeah. And she, so she's had exchange of muscle then probably two. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, that's what's great. Like, you're and transforming that's what your body. Yeah. I was just talking to another coach who at a different studio was saying that there is uh, a gentleman who has MS and he's been going on a regular basis. I'm assuming he's obviously with diet, but now he's able, he started power walking, could barely keep up with power walking and now he's running. Isn't that amazing? It's like cholesterol, diabetes. Like I always say, go to your doctor. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a Mm -hmm. PT or anything, but I've had lots of conversations with people that have decreased their medication under guidance of medicine. But yeah, it just, just to see people more confident yeah. and more comfortable mm-hmm. in their own bodies yeah. is just, ugh. And then to have the additional awesome. benefits on top of it, moving better, you know, doing it more frequently, mm-hmm. feeling more confident to be able to exercise more frequently. You know, it just, it becomes a gateway yeah. in so many different ways and it just alters life in more ways than you can understand. And I 100% agree. We spent a lot of time in PT school, obviously learning about the benefits of exercise. Obviously we view it more from treating certain things, but we also do learn like the benefits on the cardiovascular system and things like that, um, because that is an area of expertise in physical therapy. And there are a lot of great benefits, like things you're saying, where we see people reduce their cholesterol meds or not need them anymore, reduce blood pressure meds or not need them anymore. You know, obviously good to be done under medical direction and oversight, but exercise really is medicine in more ways than one and it's just a great way to you know find the community that builds you up to find that because that can be literally life-altering for someone yeah you know one other thing I'd like to add to this before we move on is that I have had and I can speak to this from firsthand you know um living with and having dealt with anxiety and depression in my life, Mm -hmm. I see a lot of people, whether it's through family issues or personal issues or whatever, like them being there, they need to be there. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a woman in particular, she was just kind of just seemed a little scattered. And she was actually the mom of a member that I knew at a different studio who was joined Delafield. And I went up to her, I said, Hey, is everything okay? She's like, no, actually it's not my, one of her families is sick or members is sick. And and I just said, hey, do you need a hug? And so now every time I see her, I just give her a hug. And this, she's like, Amy, thank you. I just needed that. So it's it's that extra, like, connection. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm getting a little, <laughs> And I'm really good at hugging. And she was really good at hugging, too. So, But I think that that's, you know, now that we're all feeling safer, mm-hmm. right? You know, vaccinations yeah. and what, everyone's hopefully getting better. Like, that, that physical touch has mm-hmm. just been, mm-hmm. yeah, it's the hugs are amazing. Hugs are, oh. And just that personal connection. I mean, think of how long we've all been in our homes with just immediate family members Mm -hmm. and, you know, what FaceTime or Zoom or whatever brings that, like, having that hour to be around other people and connect with people or have a coach that cares about you. You know, that's connection that people have really been needing for a long time. 
And I think you that's know. more apparent now than ever. Mm-hmm. And those are just the intangible benefits of being in a situation where there's people that are going to support you. You know, mm-hmm. those are things you can't measure. Yeah. Um, you know, you can measure pounds, but you can't measure that. But it's just as or more important, especially now more than ever, honestly. Yeah. Okay. So taking off our coach's hat. <clears throat> You're a triathlete. I am. Tell us about that. Oh my gosh, do we have like five days? <laughs> I could talk about this all day long. Yeah. Today we had a, a new member visit us, and I'm I'm in the office, and there's just like a little turnout, and I heard someone say triathlon, and I turned around, and I was like, "You have done a triathlon?" She's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Oh, we're gonna get along just fine." Oh gosh, so triathlon. So. I didn't start running until my 30s, and then I had a bunch of friends who got into triathlons as well, and they, I'd done a sprint triathlon, which is the shortest distance, it's usually 400 meter swim, 15 to 20 mile bike ride, and then a 5k, and I'm like, okay, and I was like, ha, ha, whatever, but then the, my running friends were starting to do longer distances, and one friend, and a couple friends in particular were doing Ironman distances, and I thought... Well, first of all, that's ridiculous. Why would anyone ever do that? And then I watched, and then I went to Madison, and I watched the Iron Man that happens in the second Sunday of every mm-hmm. September, except for last year. Yeah. And then I volunteered, and then I realized all the behind-the-scenes stuff that goes on. And I was terrified and excited, and I committed to doing one. And I trained for it, and it was super awesome. So, um Oh, gosh, I don't even know where to go. I think that, you know, I've done three full Ironmans. I started to do a fourth, and then it was just crummy, and I decided it wasn't willing to stop. Sometimes it's not the right time. It's not the right time. But I've done all different distances, right? The sprint, Olympic, half, and full. And the one thing that I love about triathlons is, first of all, it's multi-sport. Yeah. Uh, So we get to use different muscles right we get to stabilize in different ways um i've learned a lot about my body i've learned a lot about my mind and my spirit Mm -hmm. being triathlete has brought me a lot closer to my spirituality i'll tell you that right now because when you're in your depths and you have no place else to go but forward you learn how to dig deep real deep um i've met some of my very best friends are runners and triathletes yeah so i find like there's just a true camaraderie there's a sincerity um and a um vulnerability about going out on a run with someone mm-hmm. and you talk about pooping and peeing in the woods and you talk about <laughs> having a period and you talk about relationships and you talk about you know like all yeah. this stuff and it's just you know last year was you know all of us just kind of yeah. like well, you know whatever um races were canceled of course for safety but it's you know i am still swimming so i'm excited to do my swim bike run and yeah. get back into it it keeps me I don't want to say it keeps me honest because that would be a stretch. It keeps me accountable. <laughs> it keeps me accountable because then, like, I use a program called Training Peaks. And, you know, I put all my workouts in and then it populates yeah. into my calendar. And so my husband and I share a calendar. And he's like, well, it looks like you're doing a 60-mile bike ride. Let's go out and da-da-da-da-da-da. So, you know, my husband and I bike a lot together. And, um, yeah, it keeps me really organized. So I'm doing an Ironman next year, a full Nice. So then I'll know my job so much better. Yeah. And I'll be able to play it. I'm like, okay, what am I going to swim 2,000 yards plus run 10 miles plus do those bricks? Oh, Absolutely. Those good old bricks. That's awesome. Well, we look forward to hearing about the results of that. Mm-hmm. I'll mm-hmm. cheer you on along the way. Oh, definitely. <laughs> 
All right. So lastly, I think one of the things I thought was really cool when I first met you is that whenever we're working out, um, you always talk about how you should have a strong relationship with your PT. Mm -hmm. And I love that you as a fitness professional support that, but tell us why you say that. Oh my gosh. So many reasons. First of all, physical therapists are some of the coolest people I know. (laughs) I know very many of them. Um, So, you know, as a personal trainer, I know a lot as a yoga teacher, as a nutrition coach in the past. Like, so I, I have a lot to know, but I do not know specifically how joints are supposed to move. Yeah. You know, I can coach form to a certain degree in the studio yeah. and I can give insight and I can give recommendations. But when it comes to proper functioning or injury or prevention, mm-hmm. you know, there's only so many things that I'm even legally allowed to do. So, yeah. you know, I have always been a person you know, I have a chiropractor, I have a PT, I have a massage therapist, yeah. I have a therapist, therapist, you know, like, I think we all have those people to, to help us. Thing. Exactly. And so it has to do with, I think, love of self, but yeah. I also think it has a lot to do with longevity. So I intend to be a triathlete for my entire life. And so I know that in order to do that, I have to be open and willing to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is like, Mm, I don't think that this feels quite right. Can you help me with this? Yeah. So, you know, I love now that you and I have established a relationship yeah. so I can ask you questions, but mm-hmm. then also I can refer people because I feel like if I'm looking at someone on the treadmill and they're kind of jot off to the right with their hip, I'm like, yeah. something's not right. Mm-hmm. And if they keep doing that, if they haven't already injured themselves, they yeah. will. Yeah. Prevention is the best medicine. Exactly. And if they're you know, if I can help them with that longevity and enjoy that activity longer, then that's going to be bad. Because I see so many people join and be so excited mm-hmm. and they overdo it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I can only coach them to a certain degree, but people that are open and willing to get help to, you know, or assistance, however you want to look at yeah. that word. But I, I think that every athlete deserves and should have a PT, massage therapist, mm-hmm. chiropractor, someone that can help them be their best self yeah, really and move well because oh then gosh. you'll get to do it more often mm-hmm. and you know it just kind of also minimizes breakdown and stuff like that i mean whether we all want to admit it we're all aging oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> but the more we are intelligent about caring for our bodies mm-hmm. more likely we are less likely to take on that type of breakdown yes so i i thank you as a professional for supporting supporting that because i just think it's good that people understand that it's a good idea to have those resources in place. Like, you know, instead of being reactive, be proactive about it. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, I'm new to running, but I think I really want to do a triathlon soon. You know, you're about to put a massive demand on your body and a lot of change. And bodies don't really exactly love change. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> if you prepare for that and work with someone to help you make sure that you're ready for it or build you up to it, that's going to be a vastly different experience than someone who just jumps in head first. And usually those are the people that sink versus swim. Sorry, mm-hmm. very bad no, pun, no. but it, it applies. Follow, follow. But you know what I mean? So I, I agree. Like our job, our goal is to help people do things better, do it longer, you know, and really actually reach a better performance. Oftentimes when you put those things together, you will run faster mm-hmm. or things like that. If we um, put all those pieces together versus just kind of trying to go till I can't go anymore. Yeah. All right. So to wrap this up, we're going to do our lightning round. Yes. So these are a few questions that I know that Amy doesn't know. So she has <laughs> to just answer, which I cannot wait to hear these. Um, so to start off, what is your spirit animal? 
Oh my god, we were just talking about um, uh, what's the Harry Potter thing called? The um, oh, I can't think of what it's called. So, oh my spirit animal. I'm just gonna say, Coach Maddie said my spirit animal is a baboon because I know I was like, what is going on? She said because they are wise oh. and talkative oh. and fun. I, I think I put the fun in there. There you go. I'm I'll gonna go that. with Coach Maddie. Okay, I love it. Okay, I'm stealing this one because this has been a great one the last couple, so I'm stealing this one. If you had to live on a desert island for the rest of your life oh my God. and can only take one food, what is it going to be? Nachos. And you're just going to eat those from now till forever. Nachos. <laughs> and that was the first thing that came to mind. It's got to be nachos. I love the commitment. <laughs> I mean, you know that's a true answer with how quickly you responded. Okay, so I took this one. I did this on my last... Uh, podcast and I loved this one actually if you were a donut what kind of donut would you be oh my gosh okay so that's very different than my favorite type of donut (laughs) it might be no okay so I would be oh this oh Lauren (laughs) okay so you know the little French one that's all like it's a circle but then it has it's like riveted sort of and that has frosting on it, but then it has chocolate frosting on it. I have no idea what it's called. <laughs> but it's, like, fancy, and it's got, like, the little chocolatey thing. So I think that would be me because it tastes really good, and it looks good on the outside, but it's a little extra sweet on the inside. <laughs> I'd say that's a pretty good self-reflection. <laughs> now, I wish somebody would tell me what that one is called because it's really delicious. Maybe someone will respond to the podcast on this. and Please let me know. Yes. Please let me know. Um... Whether it be a, a book, a person, a song, you know, whatever the case may be, something that's really like left a lasting impression on who you are or your life. <gasps> oh, okay. So I fall asleep when I read real books. So I love audiobooks. And I've already listened to this twice. I will probably end up doing it many more times. Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins okay. has been an amazing, amazing book. Um, so Jesse Itzler, who is an athlete and entrepreneur, like had hired this David Goggins to live with him. And he wrote a book called Living with a Seal. And then David Goggins came out and told about his life as a child, how he was abused, but how he overcame so many different obstacles and how the mental capacity. And he's an ultra runner, Navy SEAL. He went through Navy SEAL boot camp three times before wow. he passed. Wow. And it's just like he talks about how overcoming the demons in your head and like what does he say when you think you've so if you ever hear me in, in classes where I got it from when you think you're done you're really only 40% done you still got 60% of oh. the tank and that's so true so yeah can't hurt me y'all you need to read that book I will definitely it's put that on my list awesome okay last one so I'm stealing this one from Mike Robertson and his podcast but I think it's a great one if you had to give the younger version of yourself oh. one piece of advice <laughs> What would it be? Are you trying to make me cry at the end of the podcast? <laughs> Just trying to let people oh see the God. depth of Amy. So I have had many conversations with a younger version of me. Did mm-hmm. I mention therapy before? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I would say, and this is what I've told her already many times, is just be yourself. Yeah. Let go of what you think you should or shouldn't do. Don't listen to the other people, even your mama and your papa. <laughs> just play and be who you are because you're just, you are beautiful and amazing just as you are. I think that's a perfect way to end this. 
and it largely summarizes kind of who and what you are as a professional too. Uh, I would agree. Thank I you. love it. Well, thank you, Amy, so much for joining us today. You can always find out more about Orange Theory. Um, you guys post regularly on Facebook, mm-hmm. right, and social media outlets and things like that. Um, so feel free to check in on those studios independently or stop by one because there's a lot out there. So, mm-hmm. you know, always stop in. They're always great about answering questions and making you feel welcome. So thanks to all of our listeners for joining us today on the Milwaukee Sports Performance Podcast, and we will see you on the next one. Hey, Dr. Michael here. I want to say a sincere thank you for taking the time to listen to that episode. I hope you got a lot out of it. Dr. Brett, Lauren, and I are all extremely passionate about this podcast and trying to use it to help share high-quality, factual information and debunk some of the common myths and misconceptions that we see around athletic performance and rehabilitation. If you have a minute, we would sincerely appreciate you taking the time to leave a rating and review on iTunes or sharing this podcast with a teammate, coach, or colleague who you think may benefit. We want as many people to be able to hear and listen to this information as possible. Lastly, if you are on social media, head over to our page at MKE Sports Podcast or at Kinetic underscore SMP to follow us so that you get all the latest information. We love to engage, so leave a comment on this podcast. Tell us what you learned or feel free to ask us a question. We sincerely appreciate all of the support and we look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode.